forward to cloud and then all right so hello everyone welcome to another chat and learn here with power to fly my name is mariella and i'm super excited to host today's chat we've got a beautiful guest speaker on for the second time um, because you all really wanted to have her back and just dive in deeper here with this beautiful topic that she's speaking about navigating career transitions uh, this is the second part of her presentation if you missed the first one feel free to go to power to fly and watch the recorded version there um, and I just want to, before we dive into today's presentation, I just want to go over a couple of house rules here just to keep everyone in flow. So again, everyone is here for the hour. You're taking the time out of your, your day, your busy schedule. So we really appreciate you being here. Um, I invite everyone to turn their cameras on. Visibility is key. We want to see your face. We want to know, you know, who is instigating the revolution now so we can keep you in mind and, you know, um, uh, look out for each other here in these crazy times. Um, also, feel free to take yourselves off of mute at any time. I've put everyone on mute just upon entrance to avoid any background noise, but we want to, you know, hear your voice whenever you have something. If you have a dream that you, you know, dreamt last night and you want to bring that into the conversation, you know, you have the power to share your voice. So, um, with that said, uh, if anyone uh, has any sensitive information and they want to uh, write to me anonymously, uh, feel free to do so. Just find me in the chat box, write to me anonymously, and I will flag our guest speaker um, so that she can be present and she doesn't have to navigate between the chat box and uh, speaking to us live here today. Uh, the last thing that I'll say is that this is being recorded. So I invite everyone to be present. Um, you know, you can go back and watch the recording and take notes at, at your leisure, but you know, I, I really would love if everyone could participate um, in this next hour. Um, with that said, uh, let's jump right into meeting our guest speaker today. Marissa, I had a chance to talk to her offline, uh, and I'm super excited to hear what she's got to share with us. So Marissa, why don't you uh, give us a little introduction, tell us about yourself. I won't read what's here on the screen, I'll let you introduce yourself. <laughs> uh, tell us how you came to know about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Really happy to be here. Happy to be back. Um, there was a, a great response to the first session that we had. And so today will be a little bit more structured and we'll get to go through um, the specific questions uh, that were laid out as you all registered. Uh, of course, if new questions come up or you want to add more color, that's what the chat is for. So um, we'll try to be fluid. Um, my background is in digital product management. I've always worked in tech, but I actually, speaking of navigating career transitions, um, leveraged my experience first in customer support and account management, working on beta rollouts of new products from the client side uh, to then parlay that experience into product management. Um, and so, so I've done that myself and I've switched between uh, B2B software as a service and moved into more built world technologies. So lots of different shifts and I'm looking forward to discussing you know, how that can apply to the changes that you all are trying to make. Um, before we get into all of the themes, I just want to really lay out a, a few areas that I'll touch on quite a bit today as I go through the questions that you all have raised. Um, there are just a few things to keep in mind as you are thinking about navigating career transitions. So um, one of those is that you, sh you really need to lean into your strengths. So even if you are trying to transition into a new role or a new industry, um, <clears throat> you do have whatever came before, whether you're a recent college graduate or you've worked in a different area and you really want to lean into that. Think about the unique value that you bring that sets you apart and, and not devalue that. Um, and with that, it's also important to come from a place of positivity. So <clears throat> in the questions that a lot of you pose, there's kind of this fear, this anxiety, which is completely understandable. But <clears throat> rather than be um, you know, negative or unsure 
nervous or whatever the case may be, think about all of the positives. So this ties into leaning into your strengths, but you all have something to contribute. This is a, an exciting shift that you're making. And so think about all of the positives that are coming with it and don't let yourself um, get bogged down in, in, the, in the anxieties and in the negative side. And the third piece that I wanna highlight for everybody is just starting with your why. So in order to make the decisions that you need to make and how you wanna approach navigating a, a given career transition, um, you really wanna think about why you're doing that. And so um, are, you, are you trying to earn more money or are you trying to have a job that's more stable? Um, you know, just what, whatever that might be. Um, whatever that might be, you want to, uh, really think about that and really be grounded in why you're doing what you're doing. And that will help to guide you and, and help you make those decisions. Um, so with that, let's go ahead and get into the themes that we'll cover today based on the questions that you all asked. Okay, so um, there are four key themes that the questions that everybody asked kind of fell into. Um, one is getting a job without experience. Um, what we'll see as we go through is there, I may be asking you, whether you are the person who posed the question or not, to add a bit more color um, in the specifics that apply to you so we can dig into a bit more detail. Um, but the first piece is how do, you, how do you get a specific job if you don't have experience either in the working world um, or in that specific job area? Um, similar, but a little bit different is transitioning between industries. So specific questions about currently I do this or my background is in this and now I want to go do that. How do I navigate that? Uh, the third is de defining your skills and crafting your resume. So how do you, I talk about leaning into your strengths, but how do you kind of pull out what those strengths are? How do you take that experience that you have from area one um, and present that in a way that will get your resume through the door for area two? Um, so we'll talk about that in a bit more detail. And then the fourth area is the interview process. So right now there is just one question that somebody posed in the interview process. So um, we, we may get there, but we did move that to the end because there was the least coalescing around that topic, but, but happy to chat there as well. Um, and with that, we can go ahead and get started with question number one. Oh, I think I was on mute there. Absolutely. Thank you, Marissa. I just wanted to say that we've got people calling from all over. So I'm calling from Argentina. Um, Marissa's calling just outside of New York. We've got folks calling from Texas, Chicago, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. So if you're just joining us, let us know where you're calling from. You can go ahead and drop that in the chat. We want to keep this chat box active today since everyone's taking the hour out of their time. Um, and then with that said, we're going to go and take these questions one by one. You'll see the questions present themselves on the screen. Uh, and if this was your question, Again, feel free to ask Marissa to dive in deeper, or if this wasn't your question and you want to kind of, you know, chime in with some, some follow-up notes or something like that, um, you have the power to do that. So I just want to share with everyone that we want to hear your voice, uh, and let's just dive right into this, Marissa. So um, did you want to hold here and, and talk about this first uh, theme here? No, let's go ahead and get right into question one. All right, awesome. Oops, sorry about that. All right, so I don't have the name of the person who posted this. Uh, actually, go one back. Yeah. So I don't have the name of the person who posted this, but again, anybody with whom this resonates, go ahead and post in the chat. Or if you are the person who posted this, um, maybe add a little bit more color. But the, the question here is about the age old conundrum of no job without experience and no experience without a job. And what is the best way uh, to overcome that? Um, and of course, this is a little bit tough to get into without knowing more about you, your background, the role or the role type that you're interested in. So there's this question of, do you not have experience um, because you're just graduating from college or is it that you don't have experience in the job um, that you're trying to get? And 
kind of regardless of what those are, there are a few ways, uh, key ways that you can overcome this. And so I'll go through those uh, one by one. And again, if you have questions as we go, um, first and foremost, I really think that networking and meeting people um, is critical to understanding what it is that's required of you um, in order to get the job and to get a better idea um, of how you get your foot in the door. The best way to do that is to talk to folks who have gotten their foot in the door. And I think you'll be surprised by the variety of backgrounds from which they come and the, the different avenues that they took to, to get where they are. So networking is, um, and I'll, I'll post this uh, in the resources at the end, but there's a book called The 20 Minute Networking Meeting that kind of can help you to get your feet wet in terms of having just short 20 minute conversations where you have really specific goals and a short set of questions that you want to ask somebody. Um, it's worth noting that, you know, networking doesn't have to be a bad word, getting to know people um, and, and not in order to get something out of it, but really just to learn. And maybe you can help that person in the future. Maybe they can help you, but it's really just a learning experience. So open your mind to networking. Um, so LinkedIn is a great way to get in touch with people. When you meet people, you can ask them about other people that you can meet. Um, if you message me afterward, there are new platforms, things uh, like Lunch Club, where you can have meetings set up uh, on a weekly basis where you're meeting new people in different industries. So really expand your network and get talking to the people who are or have been where you want to go. And you're going to find that to be hugely valuable. Um, along with that is also kind of updating your online persona. So, um, and we'll get more into the details of how you do this, but, um, you know, updating your LinkedIn according to what you're going after. Your LinkedIn headline is going to be a really key area that gets you to come up in searches and also portrays who it is that both who you are um, and who you want to be. Um, in addition, depending on the type of role that you're getting, maybe there are certifications that you can get. So, you know, I talked about product management, which now in contrast to uh, nine or 10 years ago when I first started doing product management work, um, there are a lot more certifications that are available and a lot more kind of uh, training that you can do, um, but even better than for product management if you're trying to get into software development or product design. There are different kind of uh, certifications you can get that are signals that you know what you're doing. Um, and we'll talk about this more over, over the course of today, but um, it's also uh, understanding that uh, part of getting into a new role is also being able to navigate that context. So if you are, if you've never worked in an office before, then there are certain things that you have to get used to. So that makes you more entry level. But if you, um, you know, if you want to be a designer and you have all of the design training, but you've never worked in an agile environment, then there's going to be that gap. So really think about your strengths, what you bring to the table, kind of what your gaps are and, and use those conversations with people um, as well as potential certifications to help you fill those gaps. And then the third area, again, depending, you know, what you're coming from and what you're going to, is you may want, if, for example, you've worked in operations and logistics um, for, for a trucking company or, you know, for a real world company that's, that requires those skills and you want to get into technology um, and maybe even specifically product management, well, maybe you come first into uh, a technology, a technology first or technology focused um, uh, supply chain company, logistics company, operations company, and do what you did before in this new industry context. And then once you're there, you can learn more about the technology team and parlay that into product management. Now, if you do that, it's really important that you really dig into um, 
what the role is that you're coming into and you really do a great job there because if you don't do a great job and you're not excited about the role that you're taking, you're not going to be given that opportunity um, to, to parlay that into something else and to get the exposure in that other area that you want to get. Um, but if, if you are open to that and to taking time um, to make that transition, already being within a company and shifting roles um, can be a much um, smoother, smoother path and, and um, you may find that to be more amenable to you. Um, so with that, I want to take a pause. If you have any questions, feel free to come off mute and ask them or um, post them in the chat. Absolutely. And by the end of this chat, we're going to sound like broken records here. So we really want to hear from you. Um, and I will actually just get the chat box moving right now. I love that you're saying, you know, to, to rethink of the word networking. I know it's been diluted over the past, you know, I guess, recent years. And so if anyone right now wants to drop in, in the chat box their LinkedIn so that we can kind of, you know, start ne networking between, you know, the live callers here, that'd be great. You're welcome to find me on LinkedIn. Marissa will also share her information at the end of this presentation so that you connect, can connect with her. Um, so let's just start, you know, putting that into practice now. Feel free to drop your LinkedIn in the chat box um, and then also take yourself off of mute if you wanted to chime in on anything that Marissa's just shared with us today. All right, so uh, don't, don't be too shy there, but with that, we can move on to uh, the next question and just keep going. Awesome. All right, All so uh, how does one promote being a viable candidate in an industry where most positions require multiple years of required experience that you may not possess? And so this, again, I would really encourage everybody to lean into your strengths. So, um, you know, think and think about your why. So why are you moving into an industry um, that requires experience that you don't have? Like, what is the reason for you making that transition? And then from there, what is, um, what is your prior experience and how can you uh, position that experience to give you value um, in this area? So, um, with me personally, I mentioned that I uh, transitioned into product management after spending the first four years of my career in customer support and account management. And so as a product leader, I bring all of that direct client facing experience and interaction with me. And so while many more product leaders today actually have that customer success background um, than did at the time that I was transitioning, I know that I can be a huge asset for companies where that customer facing product org is a deficit for them. And so it's really thinking about in the scope of all of the product managers, what are the things that would really stand out that I can do or have the background to do better um, than anybody else, even though, especially when I first transitioned, I didn't have that, that product background. Um, and in addition to that, there's a quote that I really like that I only learned recently um, can be tied back to uh, Henry Ford, but that is, uh, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. Um, and so it really is having that positivity, knowing that you can do this um, and figuring out the way to do that. So um, the, the other piece here that I'll talk about a bit later, I think as well, um, is understanding what those multiple years of experience are. Do you have any schooling? Do you have any transferable experience? Um, but also like in the, in the job descriptions, um, you know, really focusing on how the job descriptions are positioning the required skills um, as well as the required years of experience and just think of, of all the ways um, that you can apply your background. And so I think, you know, in the whole scope, again, we'll talk about people, you know, kind of analyzing themselves for, for their strengths. Um, 
but in this case, the, the job descriptions can really ground you in what you need and be kind of your roadmap for figuring out how you put together what the foundation that you're working from um, to, to fit that job description. And it's with that, it's also this openness to um, for every job that you apply to, you're going to be making um, some adjustment, uh, some adjustments to your resume, to your cover letter. Don't think of your resume as a static document that you kind of update for this set of job, uh, job applications, but instead that you are, um, you're actually tailoring it to each job. Um, and then as well, uh, as I know some of the folks on the phone have done, um, if you are networking and you are building this, this network of people in the industry and roles that you want to be in, um, you'll, you can also increase kind of the inbound opportunities that are coming to you based on your interests and your skills. Thank you so much, Marissa. So thank you everyone for dropping in the chat box um, if that we can connect with you all on LinkedIn. Uh, and I just wanted to also uh, ask everyone kind of just see where you are in your, your transition so that um, as Marissa is uh, touching on these questions, she can dive in deeper as it relates to you. So again, feel free to take yourself off of mute or you can write in the chat box, you know, where you currently are so that um, Marissa can also speak to that as it relates to you specifically. Um, and one thing I wanted to say is I see more and more companies doing this, which I love. Um, you know, saying, you know, apply even if you don't feel like you have 100%, right, of, if you don't meet 100% of what they're asking for. Um, can you touch on that a little bit just for, uh, you know, in your experience, you know, of course we know why, but I would love to know from your experience, you know, how do you see that as, you know, something that especially women in tech can, you know, take, take the ball and run with it as far as being confident in that maybe you don't have 20 years of experience, but maybe you can show up in other areas where you are, you know, perfect for the, for the role. Yes, I think that's a, a really great point. And um, I would definitely encourage everybody to also not get bogged down um, by the specific years of experience that are requested in a JD. So, um, as Mariela is indicating, like don't don't not apply because you don't have the specific years that are are requested there. It's really just a guideline. They're expecting it to be a first bar to help weed people out, um, but it's by no means an end all be all. I've seen a lot of posts recently where they're you know they're mandating that you have ten to twelve years in diversity, equity, inclusion, but that wasn't really an area of human resources or people management that existed 10 or 12 years ago, or there was a job description that said have 10 years of this uh, software and that software was only released seven years ago. So um, no, kind of take those with a grain of salt. I think it's a great, um, it's, it's just an indicator of what they're looking for, but it's, it's, it's not set in stone and you shouldn't let it uh, turn you off to something and, and know that that's one area of the JD um, that's kind of used for leveling purposes, but it's, it's less about, um, it's less about the experience and those are things you can show in different ways. Thank you for that, Marissa. I'm just going to flag a couple of things here that people are writing in the chat box as it relates to their personal journey. So Emily here, uh, attempting to transition to UX, and I'm currently working on my second portfolio project. Congratulations, Emily. Uh, Amber here, I'm currently a project editor in publishing, and I am getting a PMP certification and looking to transition to software or financial project management. Awesome. Got it. I think we might have a question for Amber coming up. So um, let's move on. So uh, into more specific use cases for transitioning between industries. 
So this woman has built a career over 25 years, considering transitioning to a completely different area in entrepreneurship and wants to know how she can best build her new identity uh, and reputation aside from jumping in. Now, the big question here is, what is that career that you've built over the last 25 years? Um, and because the skills and the experience that you have built up during that career will directly inform how you can build your new identity and your new reputation. It's important to note that when you're transitioning between industries, you're not starting from zero. Instead, you're starting from a pivot point or an inflection point, and you want to make sure that you leverage as much of what came before as possible. So um, in this case, if, if entrepreneurship actually means that you are, are starting your own company, um, that's uh, obviously something to bear in mind and call out as well. Um, but a lot of the advice that I would give you here is very similar to what we talked about before. So getting out there and, and networking building your brand um you know there's linkedin but there's also kind of getting outside of your comfort zone if you if there are things that you are an expert in and especially things that you've done before that may not be directly what you want to do but you can kind of formulate how they uh touch on what you want to do now you could start to blog use medium use linkedin articles and kind of write some more long-form content to engage people on linkedin but also to flesh out your own thoughts about this transition that you're trying to make um, you really want to put yourself out there you want people to see you engage with you um, and really drive awareness around you and what it is that you're trying to do next so if there are people in your network who can help you do that um, they'll be aware of what those shifts are um, and can get in touch with you to, to try to assist you in that um yeah are there, are there questions on this uh, well, I, I actually wanted to say something, maybe if anyone else wants to take themselves off of me, I love that you are saying, you know, um, to, to create some content and awareness. I love that you say create awareness so that it's, it takes more uh, than just, you know, connecting and then, you know, that is the connection and that is me networking. You know, you have to take another step and maybe writing a blog or creating some sort of content, especially now that everything is, you know, virtual and digital now that we are in this pandemic, because I was just also going to ask, how do you foresee networking evolving or you know it needs to evolve because of where we are now in the world how can we avoid you know social burnout essentially you know because <laughs> if, we are, if we are networking and transitioning careers uh you know these callers on the line i'm sure that you know uh, everything is getting flooded you know with our emails and with our socials and how can we stay balanced in that yeah, I think it's a really great question. And I, this is something that I've been dealing with over the past few months as well. Um, and it's really just, uh, I think the most important thing is being in touch with yourself and, and not overextending yourself. So I mentioned Lunch Club. Uh, Lunch Club, for example, if you haven't signed up for the coming week, they'll remind you on Monday, you know, sign up before Tuesday at 2 p at 8 p.m. So it's really like when you get that email, if you haven't signed up, like really think about do I have the brain space this week? Can I get at least one meeting in? Um, you have the option of doing additional meetings, but just again, being being in touch with yourself and figuring out the cadence for you. So if you are if you are currently working, you know what are the times of week that you want to set aside um, so that you you can make time for networking. If you're not working, you know when is the time of week that you're kind of most on? Like I, for example, really prefer to have mornings uh, calls in the morning rather than the afternoon. Um, so it's really balancing all of that. Um, I personally also really like video chatting and getting to know people face to face um, since we can't actually meet in person um, in this time. 
Um, some people are concerned with Zoom fatigue and, you know, just being on too much, having your video on too much. So um, people are going to be understanding. So just be in touch. So I would recommend that you do kind of carve out time. So you are getting in at least one meeting a week, set that goal for yourself. But beyond that, you know, make sure that you're listening to yourself in terms of um, how, how on you are and kind of how able you are to present your best self um, and make sure you're not overextending yourself. And if you do want to go off video, just ask that question and people are going to be fine with that. So um, I think it is great to know people face to face, put a face to the name, all of those things, but um, just be really, be, be in touch with yourself so that you can be as effective as possible in, in investing all of this time to, to really get to know more people and build your personal brand. Absolutely. I totally agree a thousand percent. And I love that you're bringing it back to making sure that you're good so that you can present yourself in the best way. So thank you for that reminder. I'm just going to flag a couple more people who have written uh, where they are in their transition. So Sammy here is uh, trying to transition from modeling, simulation, govern, contracting into gaming, started networking, researching, and discovered my first boss in DC, moved to gaming, and is here in the same city as I am. I've been finding free courses via library and lynda.com courses, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Awesome, Sammy. Uh, and then Jamie here has written, I just completed a full stack web development bootcamp last month and I'm making a midlife career change to work in tech. I have a liberal arts degree and previously worked in the nonprofit and healthcare industries. Right now I'm updating my resume and LinkedIn profile, networking, building a portfolio and, and searching for junior developer software engineer roles. Awesome, Jamie. I'm just going to read a couple more and then Marissa, you can take them all as, as, uh, as we finish here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Emily has written, uh, this is a question, how can I best sell my cross industry experience? The only other full-time professional role I have had was teaching English in Japan, moving to uh, UX, international experience and people oriented. Thank you. Okay. What do you have to say, Marissa? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, Limar. I mentioned Lunch Club as well um, and can definitely share my, my link with folks if, if you reach out to me. Um, yeah, so if we take a look, um, Emily in particular, uh, so transitioning um, to UX 100%, I think um, your international experience is... Um, is, a, is going to set you apart, right? Not everybody has that. Um, if you use platforms, so if, you're, if you are a developer or a designer, um, a platform like Upwork is gonna be a really great way to get you visibility. Um, obviously a platform like that will take a cut of whatever hourly rate that you set, um, but it, it's go just going to get you exposure. And as you get exposure, you're gonna get ratings. And as you get ratings, you'll get more, you'll get more jobs. Um, and I found really great, um, really great resources, um, primarily in design, a little bit in development as well through Upwork. So highly recommend that. And then that is also an international resource. So Emily, that's a place where um, being exposed to living abroad, working abroad is gonna come in really handy. Um, and it's not just that you're people oriented, but it's also that you teach, right? So if you are a teacher, then, um, it, you're you you're a people person, but you're also able to convey ideas clearly, and you're also you also have patience. Um, so I'd encourage you to dig deeper into kind of the skills that you had to exhibit every day to successfully teach a foreign language um, to to a group of students, and even thinking about it more in a more complex way um, for for Japanese students, since um, the languages are so much more different than if it were a Germanic or um, a Roman language. So. Uh, I would, I would think a lot about that, but I think there's a lot there from teaching that you can leverage. 
So yeah, let's go to the next question in the deck and then we can always come back to uh, what some of the other folks said over here. Absolutely. All right, so a junior level of pro project management I should look for if I'm changing industries. Um, and so I think this may have come from Amber, but I'll, I'll bring in Amber's chat as well, just to broaden the scope here. So Amber is currently a project editor in publishing, getting a PMP certification, looking to transition to software or financial project management. So again, it's going to be really important to start with your why. Like, what is the reason that you want to move from being a project editor um, and I'm not I don't actually know what that is <laughs> so but I don't know if that's project management or if it's actually more a, of being an editor um, but why you want to move into software financial project management so I think a bunch of folks have um, posted in the chat that you are getting certifications which is great it's just going to be a stamp that you um, at least have begun to develop the knowledge that's necessary um, to do these jobs. Um, but if you do have project management experience, definitely lean into that, right? So if you are um, good at managing time, good at getting others to stick to a timeline, um, helping a, a group of people to achieve a goal kind of on time and on budget, um, you know, this is going to be that's that's a directly transferable. So again, don't get too bogged down in it being a different industry and really focus on the aspects of that type of role that are highly transferable. And then in your networking, kind of learn a little bit more from folks who are in the software version or the finance version and, and get a better feel for how they differ so that you can approach that um, in your resume and, and in the interview process. So um, again, as I mentioned before, as with any new role, study the job descriptions, think about how you can craft your resume to those specific requirements and specific strategies to augment your skills or experience to be able to talk the talk as it were um, in an interview. So yes, junior project management roles exist and you know it's like an associate product manager or a junior developer there are these roles in kind of more specialized areas that are opening up um, for folks who are entry level um, but if you do have project management experience i would encourage you to think more about whether you need to go junior um, in order to to parlay those skills so i think in the networking process you'll get a much better a much better feel for that from folks who are again in the industries and roles that you're targeting Awesome. And Amber, just thank you for clarifying here. I'm just going to read what she's written. Uh, it's both project management and editing, similar to a project engineer who also does engineering work in addition to managing the project. Awesome. Sounds like you've got uh, a lot going on there. Do you want to, if you want, please feel free to take yourself off of mute uh, and you can give us more clarification, Amber. Um, and I see that a lot of folks here are responding to your invite. Uh, Limor, do you recommend them connecting with you on LinkedIn? uh yeah i can i mean i don't know uh, marissa it seems like you're also on lunch club so if you want to share your link i mean whatever i, I don't mind <laughs> yeah so uh either way like you all all of you who are posting in the chat the best way will be to just send a linkedin message to limora me um and we'd be happy to to get you that link awesome okay so shall we move on to the next question yeah let's do it all right Awesome. All right. So if seeking to transition from consulting across industries to one particular industry, what tips, what tips can you offer to best position yourself in job apps? So the big question here is, are you looking to, one, is that one particular industry, an industry that you have consulted in? 
And two, are you looking to be a specialized consultant in that industry or are you looking to go in-house? I think that if you have already consulted in that industry, then you are very well equipped to get a job in that industry. So um, I think it's really important that you you bear in mind that even though a consultant has kind of a different approach, you're not in uh, you know, day-to-day, end-to-end in working in a particular role, but you do have an expertise um, in that area. So if you've consulted in the industry you want to go into, then pump yourself up to yourself. Think about uh, all of the things that you already know, the expertise that you have, um, because you you have to believe it, and then you can tell the story to others, but you want to make sure that you believe it first. Um, And so review job descriptions for the role you want, update your resume and your LinkedIn to speak specifically to those roles that you're going after. The more targeted you are in your job search, the more you can kind of um, fine tune and and formalize everything geared in that one direction, which will make it really appealing um, to the folks uh, with whom you're applying to jobs, but also on LinkedIn and making you searchable. So just remember that if you've already worked in this industry, even as a consultant, your goal is not a stretch for you. Just lean into your strengths, present the aspects of your profile that they're most interested in. Um, One thing I really like to do in job interviews is ask the hiring manager or the recruiter, what are the top attributes that you're looking for with this particular role? Because there's a whole laundry list of things that are going to be included in the job description, but there may be very specific deficits that the team you would be joining has that they want to fill those gaps and make sure there's somebody who's expert in certain areas. Um, And so if you ask Um, for that detail, you can um, hone your responses and hone your own positioning even further um, to make you more attractive. So um, that's a question that I really like to ask, and I hope that you all find that helpful as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. And again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but please (laughs) drop your your notes here in the chat box or take yourselves off of mute um, so that we can dive in deeper on some of these questions. You're doing a fantastic job, Marissa. I'm learning a lot from you as well. So I know that our live <laughs> callers are as well. Um, and with that said, so let's move on to the next question here. And I'll read it so you can save your voice there. Um, yeah. Do you have any specific advice for women pursuing a midlife career change? I'm in my mid, mid-40s with a liberal arts degree and background in nonprofit office administration. And I'm trying to switch to a tech career. And maybe this is someone who just wrote in the chat box. So I'd be interested uh, to hear from you as well if this is your question. Marissa, what do you have to say about this question? Yeah, so I'm going to guess that this is Jamie who posted a little bit ago. Um, so we know that Jamie just completed a full stack web development boot camp last month um, and is now making this switch. Uh, she's working on updating her resume, LinkedIn profile, networking, building a portfolio, and searching for junior developer software engineer roles. Um, so it does sound like you are doing all of the things right now. So if you do have, um, <laughs> thanks, Jamie. So if you do have specific questions, um, please go ahead and ask those because it looks like you're you're already um, you're already taking a lot of the actions that I would recommend. Um, but it's also this question of, you know, why, again, going back to your why, why are you making the switch? Um, and, um, and now that I know that you're a developer, just thinking this through or, or looking to be a developer, um, I would also think about, um, so if you're, so I think as a developer, it's important to note that um, many, you know, many great founders do not have college degrees. Many developers do not have college degrees. So having a a degree in CS is by no means a 
prerequisite to becoming a developer. So now that you have gone through this bootcamp, um, you are very well equipped to get these, um, these junior entry level software jobs. So I think that's great. I think um, you should also really dig into what about your background um, in administration and with a liberal arts degree, um, how those set you apart. Um, engineers are not always great communicators so the fact that you have a liberal arts degree that you probably have very clear um, spoken and written communication will set you apart so um, this is something that i've experienced in my career as well um, i have a liberal arts degree in comparative literature i came into tech by way of customer support and client services because i didn't have any technical training um, but my communication skills have set me apart and um, you know, that type of skill, which you develop from writing all those papers and giving presentations and engaging in the classroom and in seminars, um, will set you apart. So the other thing about leaning into your strengths is reminding yourself that things that come easy to you do not necessarily come easy to others. So um, this, this question will come up as we get into crafting your resume and defining your skills, um, but it's really important to be introspective enough that you kind of get past your own biases and see um, see you see yourself um, how others might see you where they would call out things that you kind of take for granted so um, that's something that um, I have a resource for as well um, that I'll share at the end absolutely I think it's perfect to remind everyone that you know even though we think like we have all of these skills and they come to us you know we can do it in our sleep to remember that not everyone can do that and so to put yourself in the other person's shoes who might be looking at you and just really highlight those, those skills mm -hmm. things for reminding um, I have a question here from the chat box that I'm going to flag. Uh, how do you characterize your experience when you're coming back to UX? Having done it a while ago, having used those skills in a niche way, but while seeking broader industry experience? Um, so, yeah, so I, I guess if, if you can add um, kind of what you did in the interim and why you're going back i think one so one thing that folks do tend to get hung up on is um if you have a gap in your career right so there will be a question uh later on from somebody who took off 15 years to raise her family um and so and there's another question around like if you're furloughed like how do you address the gap i would highly encourage everybody to remember that you were doing something during that gap um, and it does not have to be a deficit. So I'm getting a little bit ahead here, but for example, with a, a furlough or a layoff, those things happen, especially now during COVID, those things happen. So own it. If you're raising a family, there are skills that you are developing, raising children at all, at all ages as they're growing up that are transferable to the workforce. Um, if you are, you know, just unemployed right now, you know, what, what are the new hobbies you're picking up or new skills that you're, um, that you're building? Like, think about all of the things that you're doing because it doesn't have to happen in an office or in a work environment for it to be applicable. Um, and depending on what those hobbies are, they make you unique and they set you apart. So I think it's just, it's really important to remember that gaps are not gaps do not have to be a deficit and I've, I've been through this as well and um even having left roles of my own volition and then going out on the market um it, it's easier said than done um but i would really encourage you to kind of have those affirmations um around it 
uh, around the benefits of that time that you had outside the workforce. Um, with UX specifically, if you've done it before, you have the portfolio, it's really a matter of being able to speak to um, kind of different processes. So have you worked in an agile environment? Um, are you up to date on kind of the latest tools? Um, and I would, I would dabble in those and be able to speak to those depending on how long you've been out of the game um, and just make sure that you're comfortable in those. But um, you, you want to make sure that your skills are up to date, but just because you've been out of the workforce doesn't mean that that, that has to be a negative. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Did you want to say anything else in addition to your question in the chat box? Well, my situation is that I went um, to higher ed and I have a degree in basically sociology, history, religion, so qual methods. And I ended up using my project management and UX skills to manage research groups. I run a research group now. And I took a design lab UX class to update. I'm in the middle of an IDF class for accessibility. So I'm, I'm going to be updating the skills. The scary thing is my portfolio is a lot of stuff for academics and then stuff I did eons ago. And I'm worried that I'm, that I'm gonna come across as an out of touch, upper middle aged person who can only design stuff for academics and researchers when I'm interested in service design, that nexus between online and offline processes, don't work as a technical writer, qualitative indexing. And I think I mean, the advice is excellent because it affirms what I've already been doing. But I'm worried about my portfolio coming across as literally can only design for one audience and doesn't understand that she needs to come across as able to design for. And junior project management positions are sort of at a, are hard to find. Um, quantifying experience, because I've been using the skills continuously, but in a really weird niche way. Does that explain my kind of goofy? I, I don't uh, understand yeah. my experience, but I also know that I've sabotaged myself by trying to be the nice girl who works really hard and, you know, tries to earn the opportunity as opposed to what we see men do all the time, which is aggressively promote over their actual experience. Yeah. Does that make any sense? I don't want to be delusional. I don't want to undersell myself. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of the types, like what are the top three attributes of the role that you're looking for? Like, do you want something that's project management or is it primarily UI UX design with user research? I want to work directly with clients to make sure that their needs fit into a design and then work with the end of the design teams that are going to, to implement I just, I, I ran a small agency briefly in San Francisco a number of years ago. So I'm used to the end-to-end -end process and doing the QA, having come up with the marketing biz or business requirements document. So I think- And I'm what level role are you looking for or would you ideally get? Team management with some client responsibility, like direct client interface responsibilities. I mean, what I've spent the last, six years doing is helping people develop their own ideas comfortably and hearing themselves speak. So I'm used to working with people without their technical skills that I don't have, but helping them connect with other team members or et cetera. So, I mean, I think part of it is I don't know what I'm suited for. I mean, I've, yeah. that's, I, I literally, I mean, service design is kind of the holy grail because it combined, you need the skills of a project manager 
and then you're mapping end-to-end -end processes. So working with people, making sure it all ties together. But again, I somewhere between underselling myself and delusion, I don't know what types of jobs I should be targeting. And I don't know to what extent the other people on this call are kind of in the same phase. This is the great thing about Power to Fly. We're all coming from something else. Yeah, so, so what I would tell you um, is uh, it sounds like based on your skills, like getting a, depending on, you know, you, you have to think through what size of company do I want to go into, depending on size, you could be a senior manager, you could be a director, it sounds like you could be the head of uh, a product design and user research team. Um, and as Lee Moore noted in the chat, like I don't, you're not, you're not aggressively promoting yourself by stating the facts. So in your resume, regardless of what your titles are, what your places of employment are, you should be focusing on the skills that you have that apply to the jobs that you want to get um, and, and just try to get out of your head a little bit. Again, I know easier said than done, but don't, don't, um, you know, that, that voice in your head that is afraid of uh, aggressively promoting is stifling your ability, like is stifling your confidence in terms of the jobs that you can get. So I think that's going to be the biggest key is, is getting out of your own head. Um, it's crafting your resume to focus on the jobs that you want to get. It's networking to get a comfort level um, with folks in those roles and, and just kind of validate that you have the skills and, and that will help to build up your confidence. Um, but it, it, uh, it, and the, the last piece is if, if you really do want to build up your confidence, but it sounds like you don't want to be hands-on, so this may not be right, but if you wanted to get on Upwork, for example, and get some consulting gigs that are kind of in areas that are of focus that you haven't that are kind of outside your niche, but where you could apply the skills that you've developed, that could be another avenue for, for you to build up your confidence, for you to, to get the work and apply the skills in, in the new kinds of context that you ultimately want to land in. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So we've got just a little under 15 minutes here. Um, I can read, so Christina has presented herself and is connecting on LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with Christina on LinkedIn there. Lemur, thank you for writing as well. I agree. Your LinkedIn profile is your marketing collateral. So think, uh, think as if you were marketing yourself. Perfect. Um, let's move on to this next question. What do you think, Marissa? Uh, yeah, let's go. And Lemur, did you want to add to that? I'm sorry. I saw you took yourself off. I mean, we just need to remember, I don't know why it happens, but, but I noticed that women usually feel, feel uncomfortable with promoting themselves, whether it's in the workplace or on their profile or in interviews. And we need to, we need to be more confident and we need to think about what are our abilities, what are the things we're good at, regardless of what your job right now, and, and really put ourselves out there. Again, both in your current job and when you're looking for a job. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and if anyone, I'm just gonna plug myself here, if anyone is having trouble speaking up for themselves or gaining <laughs> you know, their confidence, uh, I, for my whole life, has, have been training to speak with my true voice uh, as an artist. Uh, and what I'm doing right now in this time as a service is to 
help train people to share their true voices, to connect with your voice and to speak with confidence. So if anyone wants to connect with me on LinkedIn to uh, you know, feel empowered in that way so they can speak up, whether it be digitally using your voice or in person, I'm happy to do that as well. Um, so let's move on to this next question here. Uh, how can I take what appears to be a weakness, for example, my age, lack of computer science degree, uh, and turn it into a strength in the eyes of hiring managers? Yeah, so this came up in a couple of questions. So if you are somebody who has experienced ageism and you are comfortable posting about that in the chat or posting about it to Mariella, um, I would be very, very curious to learn more about how that's manifesting itself. Um, because, uh, you know, there are a lot of companies who will not discriminate against you because you are older, have more experience. Um, and those are going to be the companies that you want to work for. And it's a matter of, of finding those. Um, if you do have concerns, there are certain tactics you can use, such as, you know, removing the years from your degrees um, and putting relevant experience. So rather than showing every role you've ever had, you're showing the most recent roles that are most directly related to the job that you want to get. So you're basically omitting years. Um, that's something you, there's obviously a trade-off there, right? Like, because you, there is uh, a lot of experience that you get from the time that you've been on the market, but um, or that you've been working. Um, but it, it is something to consider because if that earlier, um, if the earlier experience isn't relevant anyway, then you, you want to keep your resume tight and concise regardless. Um, so that, that's some of the things to think about. I did mention before that if you are specifically concerned about a lack of a computer science degree, you definitely don't need one to, to break into tech. And there are plenty of folks who are self-taught and there are lots of boot camps. So um, if there is anything specific that you want to post in the chat about ageism, would love to see that. But, but absent that, um, this is all about leaning into your strengths and everything that you bring to the table that other folks applying for the same role would not be able to, to boast. Um, and while, yeah, sorry, Marilla. So, uh, and while we're transitioning, um, I did post my lunch club link in the chat. So if folks, um, it's just a few chats up so you can grab that. Awesome. I'm loving everyone here connecting in the chat box. Thank you so much. So we've got 10 minutes left. Let's make these last 10 minutes count. If you have not taken yourself off of mute yet and you want to, now's your time to shine. Um, let's move on to this question here. My background is in technology, but recent degree is healthcare innovations. I want to pivot to healthcare, but the only healthcare experience I have is school projects. What guidance would you give to get around HR? Yeah, so this is a really interesting question. And there's obviously a lot behind this in terms of the specific roles that you've had in technology, um, why you got this degree in healthcare innovations. Um, I think, you know, this goes for folks in, you know, UI UX design as well, and, and other areas where, um, you know, the, the only experience that you have, the only portfolio that you have is from school, and you really have to have to work with what you've got. So I think networking to understand how the types of companies you want to work in operate so that you can, in an educated way, talk about functioning in those environments, which I mentioned before, since you, you, it's not that you've never worked in industry before. Um, you know, for example, in tech, part of what's difficult to break into, as I was mentioning before, is a designer working in an agile environment. So kind of think about the areas of what you've done before that you can really leverage and bring value to the new role. Um, and then also think about what your deficits might be um, and talk to people so that you could start again to talk the talk. And I, I this is not, um, I think these things like I don't, I don't want you to feel like posers or you're only talking the talk, but you, you haven't actually done the walk because 
these are just things that you're going to learn on the job in terms of how, because even if you know how typical industries operate, each company is different. So there's going to, there are going to be things that, that you don't know, but through networking, through looking at the job descriptions, you can at least present your resume to the best of your ability to highlight the keywords and highlight the experience that will get you past HR and will get you into the conversations where you can really shine um, toward achieving that role. Awesome. And we've got someone here who's written. I think that this helps us transition into, um, you know, these last couple of minutes here. So Sammy has written here. I have, a, I have double degrees, CS and music, taught music on weekends and have kept all my experience on LinkedIn profile as it shows my soft skills, but removed it from my tech resume. I have 15 years experience. Should I put music teaching experience back into the resume? <laughs> Absolutely. So we talked about this before um, in the context of somebody who uh, taught English in Japan and, and how that experience in teaching um, and all of the skills that you develop as a teacher, which really help you to be a leader in an organization, how, they, how those can translate and transfer. Um, so I would recommend putting this back, but you you do want the bulk of your resume to highlight all of the skills and achievements that you have for the roles that you're going after. So you can have just one short section that's a summary of all of the work that you did in music and teaching that again, highlights those key attributes that are still relevant um, without, you know, 15 years can take up a lot of space. So you, you can condense that, but still have it there um, because again, having dual degrees in CS and music is a differentiator. You have a totally different way of thinking from somebody who only has a CS degree or somebody who has an entirely different degree that, um, you know, maybe went to boot camps and, and transitioned into computer science. So uh, as far as leaning into your strengths and your differentiators, I would definitely recommend getting a couple lines in your resume back um, to highlight that. Awesome. And I can't wait to see what you do with that, with uh, those two degrees. It sounds really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So self-analyzing your skills to see which ones are transferable. Um, I actually have a, a great resource from each uh, Harvard Business Review that will be on the final slide. Um, that's all about playing to your strengths. Um, and it, this article recommends an exercise in which you reach out to former colleagues, current colleagues, friends, family, um, and have them tell you positive things about yourself. So this goes to getting out of your own head. It goes to, you know, the things that you take for granted. It has other people telling you what they value about you. Um, and so this can all, this is a great exercise to pump up your confidence, but it can also help you suss out um, suss out your strengths that you want to lean into. Um, as far as specific skills for specific jobs, take that job description, think about, you know, kind of line by line, the things that you've done that could apply and use that job description again, as that roadmap, as that North star, um, to help you think through, um, and really figure out what are all of the things that I've done that, that are transferable that I can talk about here that would be relevant. Great. And it sounds like we have some folks on the line who could totally, you know, use this to their benefit who have worked, you know, with students, for example, or on different teams and are, aren't really sure of how to sell themselves. Um, I hope that uh, you all take that advice because I think that you'll get some great answers there. Yeah, all right. Absolutely. So how about this question here? What is the best way to articulate your experience as just that experience, not age? Yeah. So I think we, we touched on age before. Um, 
so I, I don't have anything new to add here. But again, if you want to post in the chat or even message me via LinkedIn or email about the specific ageism, if this is something that you've experienced, if it's not something that you've experienced, don't don't be afraid of a problem that you don't have. And again, lean into your strengths and all of the experience that you bring to the table. Um, but again, feel free to reach out if you want to talk about this more. Great advice. Okay, so any advice for people uh, who have been, you know, and laid off during these, these times or before uh, on what to put on job applications because of this job gap? Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned this as well. Uh, don't be afraid of the time that you've taken off, especially if you were furloughed or laid off during COVID. There's no hiring manager that doesn't get that. Um, you know, I've heard of hiring managers who want to find people who were furloughed or laid off because that's just good talent that's on the market. Um, so it's not a negative, but also just think about the things that you're doing during this time. And, um, you know, maybe they go on your resume, maybe they go on your LinkedIn, maybe you just talk about them in interviews, but you're probably doing some interesting things during, uh, with the free time that you have. So um, everything you can leverage, if you're studying a language on Duolingo, if you're reading more, like you're, you're bettering yourself. So just think about that. Or if you're doing certifications, um, there are all sorts of, of ways that this can be turned into a positive. All right. Okay, so how do you spin academic and on-job training that are both in different fields from the one you're targeting? Yeah, so I think we t we've talked about this a bit, um, and it's all about just the, there was a, there was an addendum to this that's about, you know, it's, it's like vaguely related, but a, an HR manager might not immediately see it. So it's really about making them see it, right? So, you know, you don't need to, and this, this came up as well when we were talking about um, the academic background and parlaying that into UI UX. Um, but it's, um, it's thinking about just the, the affirmative things that you have done in other roles and in school that apply. So don't, you know, you're not in your resume, you're not caveating, you're not, you don't have to hedge, just put the skills that you have that apply um, and be able to speak to those. But, you know, the, the spin, it, it, it's not that it's spin. If there are qualifying words that you need to add to, to make them kind of fit in better, you can do that. But it's legitimate experience that you have that can apply. So, so don't psych yourself out um, that you're not going to get your foot in the door. All right, so we've got just about two more minutes left, and I just want to just thank everyone for staying uh, on board this whole hour. It's been great, full of a lot of information that I hope you all will put to use here. Um, we're going to send a rewatch email to everyone who's on the call with all of these beautiful links that Marissa has shared with us today, and that's on the screen now. Marissa, do you want to give us some food for thought? Let us know how we can connect with you uh, when we end this call, and anything else <laughs> you want to share with us in this chat? Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, all of the contact information is here. LinkedIn is a great way to get in touch with me. Um, the resources here, the 20 minute networking meeting, uh, which is a short book that you can get as an ebook, how to play to your strengths is just an article on Harvard business review, really encourage you to take a look at that and to do the exercise. It can feel uncomfortable to put yourself out there, but hearing all of the great things that the people around you have to say about you will both build up your confidence and help you think about how you lean into your strengths and, and how you position yourself. So really appreciate everybody taking this hour. Um, and uh, again, anything you want to reach out after, I'm more than happy to hear from all of you um, and to connect with you. So thank you.
Thank you, everyone. So we will send uh, the rewatch email so you can watch this again and take notes. Uh, and again, I encourage everyone to connect with everyone who's uh, put their LinkedIn um, information here in the chat box. Um, I really appreciate everyone. Please take care of yourselves and good luck as you transition into your new career. See you Absolutely. in the next one. Bye.